Thought everyone was going to sleep in this morning. <laughs> Thought I'd get away with it. I have to say, when, when I did get the email from Mark, I was, uh, I can't say I didn't think there was a mistake. Uh, and I, I, I said, are you sure, are you sure? He said, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. said, no worries. Um, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to. I want to. We look. We've been looking at the the concept of thriving, and 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 I want to want to bring in the idea because I think sometimes we struggle to thrive because we get caught up in the weight of our own sin, and 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 you know we we let it build up so much inside of us that it, it affects um, how we how we serve God, how we serve each other, and and it stops us from being all that that God's called us to be. Um, so I want to introduce the idea that it is. Good to be human, um, and I mentioned this with, with some friends last week, and and they suggested, "Oh, have you seen that NRB ad?" And you know, it's, I don't know if you've all seen it. It's, it's good to be human. So there's that's from the ad. So now, when you see that ad on TV, you might think of this. But I want to start from the start today. Genesis one, verse one. It's going to be a long morning. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, dark, and over the surface of the, of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light, and it was good. And so we introduced this idea that, that what God's created is good. And it goes on, and, and God created the sky and, and the land. And then he looked at what he created, and he said, it's good. And then he created on the next day the vegetation, the, the plants and the trees to grow. And he looked back again and he said, it's good. And then next he created day and night, the sun and moon to differentiate time. And again he looked back and he said, it's good. And then next he created living creatures in the sky and on the land. And again, the same thing, it was good. But then what happened next? He, he, created, he created man. And I apologise if it's a bit wordy. Um, but then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the, on the ground. And God said, I'll give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they'll be yours for food. And to all of the beasts of the earth and all the, the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I will give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning and that was the sixth day. And so all of a sudden we go from this idea that what God's created is good to the idea that now once he's created man, it's very good. And so the, image, the, the picture that we're, we're getting painted here, it says in the Psalms, for you created my... In my being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
your works are wonderful, I know that full well, that we are made in the image of God and we are made perfect to him. And so when God created everything on this earth, you look at the stars in the sky and we look up at night and you see everything that he's made and that was good. But then he created man to, to rule over all of that. So that it was good until the point where, where man was created and it became very good. And I find so often we, we move on pretty quickly from the idea that it's good and it's very good to be human, that, that we're made in the image of God. And we move on to Genesis 3 and that's often where we get, we get stuck. Um, and, and, and we all know the, we all know the story. The serpent came up to, to Eve and, and said, did God really say you mustn't eat from any tree in the garden? And you all know the story that the woman took the fruit and took a bite out of it and gave it to Adam and Adam took a bite out of it. And that's it's commonly what we know as, as the fall. It's the, the point where sin enters the world and, and I think we often get stuck at this point. We, 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 can't, we, we can't seem to get past the idea that we are sinners. Um, and I think, I think in a lot of ways society drives us to that idea we notice people for what they're bad at, and it's not just now, it's, it's, it's through time. Um, you look at someone, someone like Thomas. If I say Thomas, you all think doubting. Uh, Thomas didn't believe the resurrection until he could see it with his own eyes, until he could, could touch Jesus's, you know, the holes in his side. But Thomas first speaks in the Gospel of John, when, when Lazarus had died and, um, and the apostles didn't want to go back to, to Judea, it was Thomas that said, let's go back. Let's go with Jesus. Where they'd tried to stone Jesus previously, Thomas was the one that said, let's go back. Later in his life, he, he went to India. He was, he was martyred for his faith. But we don't remember Thomas for his bravery, for his courage, for for the fact that he was willing to stand up. We don't remember him for being loyal. We remember Thomas as a doubter. And it's so often that's what we do. We, we think of other people for their sins. We think of other people for what they struggle with. And, and what's worse than that is when we start to, to think that about ourselves. And, and we, we get to this point where, where if we, we're so focused on what we can't do that we just don't feel worthy anymore. And... You know, how many times have we, have we thought, oh, you know, oh, oh, I don't want to go to this small group because, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I've been sinning this week. I've got sin in my life. I'll be a hypocrite if I talk to them. I'll be a hypocrite if I, if I, if I teach God's word to people that, you know, not only do we not measure up to God, but we, we feel like we don't measure up to each other. How often do we, do we, we might rock up to church on a Sunday morning just to show face. We come, we sit down, we hear a good message and we go home. Or worse than that, we, we don't come at all. And the problem with this is that we're missing a lot of the time what God's trying to tell us. We're missing the good news. We're missing opportunities to serve. We're missing an opportunity to step out into faith. And the problem... The problem with sin, not only do we feel guilty from it, but sin doesn't, the, the Bible tells us sin doesn't make us bad people. 
it makes us dead people. And it, so it's, it's pretty powerful stuff to, to hear. We can, we can learn a lot from, from the teachings of Paul um, on this topic. He, um, to the church of Colossae, he says, when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. The church in Corinth, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. And what we get is an idea that, that sin makes us dead people, that, we, that our nature is corrupt, that we, you know, we, 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 see, we seek after the things of the world and it leads to sin. But then that's where the story of Jesus comes into it. That's, that's the story of the cross. That's the gospel. That's the message. When Jesus dies on the cross so that now we're no longer dead in our sins, but sin is dead to us. We're no longer slaves to it. He goes on. It's a very common um, theme in, in Paul's teachings. The church in Ephesus, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And I love this bit. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So again, it's a very common, a common theme that we're seeing. Paul's teaching us about our lives that were, that were filled with sin and, and, and saying that's why Jesus died for us. That's why he did it, so that you no longer be dead to sin, that, that you won't be slaves to sin anymore, that, that instead you got the fullness of, of God. I love the way he puts it in, um, in Romans. Uh, Romans 6 is, is um, probably, probably my favourite favorite chapter in the Bible. There's so much we can, we can learn out of it. And the first half of Romans 6, it, it, it spells out to us that we, are, that we are sinners, but that Christ died on the cross. When he died, he took our, our sin with him. And when we accept that grace, we then become alive in that. We become alive in Christ. So Romans, the, the first part of Romans 6, 6, to 14, 6 chapter, verse 6 to 14 for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we may also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives... He lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you, may, that you, that, so that you obey its evil desires. 
Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law but under grace. And so I find we, if we go back to that the, the idea that we get stuck in our sin, it's times where I think sometimes we just don't get this, that, that we don't, we don't, maybe don't fully understand what it's trying to tell us, that, that we're no longer stuck in our ways of sin, that we're no longer... Sin, still, still, sin may still be in our lives, but, but it's not our master. It doesn't, doesn't rule us. And so then when we accept this, it tells us we become slaves to righteousness. When we follow God, when we love God's word, we become slaves to that and slaves to righteousness. It says, but be thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you're slaves to sin, you're free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death, but now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's pretty powerful stuff when we when we when, when we read it and we we, we look at what it, what it's actually saying. You know, we so often we get caught back at at Genesis three. And we're, but I'm a sinner, and and what it's saying is, yes, you're a sinner, but that's why I came and that's why I died on the cross for you. That's why I gave everything for you, so that so that you can live in freedom, so that you can live with the grace of God, that you can. You can be free. You can you can you can follow after the path of God. You don't need to get bound down. You don't need to to get stuck at that feeling that I'm not worthy. I'm not I'm not good enough, or I'm a hypocrite if I if I uh, go and preach the word. It's like I suppose uh, we. Um, Sorry. So we can look at that as, as like a slave and their, their slave owner. So initially a slave is, is they were owned by someone and so they're bound by the rules of what they have to do. They're bound by what their master tells them to do. They, they, they have to do that or, you know, they'll get, get whipped or whatever. But let's say... Let's say that slave breaks free from, from their slave owner. They, they break free and they, they run free. They, they try and escape. That's like the moment that God sent Jesus and Jesus died for us. So we break free from, from sin. We, we break free from being bound by sin, bound by the law. But then that doesn't go to say that the slave owner won't chase after 
that, that person that ran away. So when, if, if, that, if that slave owner chases them, they're going to keep chasing. They're going to try and make, make their life hell. And that's the same with us when, when we break free, when, when Jesus died for us and we accept his grace and we move into that place with him. It doesn't mean that, that sin is not going to be in our life. It doesn't mean that sin is not going to chase us, that the devil isn't going to try and tempt us. And it's not saying that it's okay to sin. It's not saying that at all. It's, it's saying that, that I've made you worthy. We're singing this morning, worthy, you are worthy. And I think what God's trying to say to us this morning is that I've made you worthy, that, that I died on the cross to make you worthy. To, I paid that price so that, so that you would be worthy, so that you're not bound by sin. So we had a, it's saying we had a corrupt nature and our nature was filled with sin. And now we're at a point where, we, where if, we, if we accept the grace of, of salvation, we accept that Jesus died on the cross for us, that he went through all that, that pain, that, that suffering for us, that we're not stuck in that place anymore, that we're not stuck in sin. But he's made us worthy. He's made us worthy in his eyes. Now, how often have we heard? How often have we heard people say, you know, talk on on uh, Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short, fall short of the glory of God. And again, we get stuck there. Because we don't keep reading in verse 24 and we stop and we miss half of it. A lot of the time we just miss half of it. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And so often we're missing heaps of it. We're missing half the picture. We stop. How can you stop before an and? How can you do it? It doesn't work. And so we're reading Genesis 3 and, and sin enters the world and we're all sinners and we're stopping it at half the picture. We're missing a lot of the time the fact that, that Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus made us worthy, he made us, he made us right in his eyes and so that you're no longer bound by the law but by grace. I think I don't want to talk for much longer. Uh, but I think it's important that we learn a lot from what Paul said on this. Uh, if anyone could could talk on this topic, it was Paul. What he writes in in Timothy: I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that He considers me trustworthy appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, 
Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. If anyone could could speak on, on receiving the grace of God, it was Paul. And, and his teaching is very consistent. It's very consistent. The simple message is that Jesus came to set us free from our sins so that, so that we can come to church on a Sunday morning, so we can go to our, our small group, so we can hang out with other people, so that we can freely share God's love and know that we are worthy. And not, and not rock up and, and say, oh, I think this, but I stuffed up during the week, so maybe I'm wrong. God made us perfect in his eyes. He knows what we're going to do. And, and that doesn't stop, stop him from loving us. It doesn't stop the fact that he sent Jesus to die for us. And I hate to think that, that his sacrifice was in vain. So it's important that we, we understand that we are worthy in his eyes. And he's just saying, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. And you're worth it. He designed us the way we are for a reason. And he knows when we're going to sin. And when we get caught in that moment of sin or like Thomas, that moment of doubt, whatever it is for us, in that moment when we aren't living up to the fullness of what God's created us for, in that moment that we just don't feel like we measure up to God and we don't feel like we measure up to other people, we can repent, we can cry out for God to help us change, to turn away from our sin, and it's important for us to recognise the significance of our sin and, and what that means. But we can't get stuck in a place of not feeling worthy and not feeling good enough because in that moment while we're striving for unattainable perfection, we're losing sight of our God-given direction. We're losing sight of what God wants us to do and we're just getting off and stuck. So in that moment when we don't feel worthy, and we don't feel like we can go and share God's love with someone because we don't feel good enough. We don't want to feel like a hypocrite. It's important that we remind ourselves of, of Paul's teaching, of what it says in, in Romans 6, that we're no longer sinners, that, that Jesus died for a reason. Jesus died and paid that price for, for us. It was the ultimate sacrifice that he gave to make us worthy. And when we accept that gift of salvation and lay down our lives to serve him, we can do that and we should do that with the knowledge that we are worthy in his eyes, that he's made us worthy. It was the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice that, and, and quite fitting, I suppose, this weekend to talk about sacrifice you know, and the Anzacs, they gave up their lives knowing they were going to die so that we can have life on this earth. 
And Jesus gave it up so we could have life eternally. Um, so what, what I want to do this morning is, is um, have a time where we can just reflect on, on what God's done for us. Reflect that we don't need to feel unworthy. We don't need to feel guilty. We need to understand that, that God has given us life, that God has paid the, Jesus has paid the price for us to have life. Let me just read what, what Paul wrote again in Timothy one more time, um, and then I'll get, um, I'll get the guys up. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. So this morning, as, as the guys come back up and play, I just want to have a, a time of, of reflection where have a look in your lives. What is it that, that, that holds us back, that makes us not feel worthy? And if there's anything that, that we need to deal with this morning, let's deal with it. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's understand where we are in God's eyes. Um, if you want someone to pray with you, um, feel free to come and see me or turn to the person next to you, someone you're comfortable with. Um, and let's, let's do this. Let's get it right. Let's understand where we are in God's eyes. Um, and then when you're ready, when you feel like... You've, you've, you've gotten, gotten through everything that you need to do. We're just going to have communion up the front. Um, so if you just want to come and, and get that when you're ready, then, um, then that'll be good. So I'll stand back to these guys. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning, Lord God, that that it's nothing that we do. And we're sorry, Lord God, that we're sinners and that, that we have a sinful nature, Lord God, but, but so thankful this morning that, that it was you that you died on the cross for us. You went through all that pain, all that sacrifice, Lord God, so that we can have life in eternity. And when you're on that cross, Lord God, you said it's finished. The old is, the old is done, the new is here. And I thank you, Father, that it's nothing that we do. It's, it's nothing that we do or can do to earn that grace other than be, be faithful to you, Lord God. So I just pray this morning, Father, that, that you'll, you'll speak to us in this time of, of worship, Father, of, 
of reflection, Lord God, and, and if there's anything that we need to, to deal with, Lord God, that we'll deal with it this morning. It's, um, that we'll just be obedient to what you have to say this morning, Lord God. Amen.